Welcome to our year-end episode of the Friends in Fiction Writer's Block Podcast. For this one, we thought we'd give you a treat. First up, I will be chatting with the Managing Director of Friends in Fiction, Meg Walker. It was wonderful to hear a bit about her background, her role in making the magic happen, and a bit about how she got involved. And following that, we have a special surprise. Earlier this year, I was able to talk with some of our Friends in Fiction members during our live event in Beaufort, North Carolina. They are so good. We wanted to save them for a very special episode. So welcome to our look back at 2021. I am Ron Block. Welcome to the Friends in Fiction Writer's Block Podcast. Five New York Times bestselling authors, one rock star librarian, and endless stories. Join Mary Kay Andrews, Kristen Harmel, Christy Woodson Harvey, Patty Callahan Henry, Mary Alice Monroe, and Ron Block. As novelists, we are five longtime friends with 85 books between us. I am Ron Block. I am so glad you've joined us for fascinating author interviews, along with insider talk about publishing and writing. If you love books and are curious about the writing world, you are in the right place. Welcome to a special edition of the Friends in Fiction Writer's Block podcast. I am Ron Block. Recently, the Fab Five held their first live event in gorgeous Beaufort, North Carolina. The week's events were to help raise money for the Beaufort Historical Society and were completely sold out. Anyone who was there knows what an amazing time we had. Many stopped by to chat with me about the events, about how amazingly far they had traveled, and how much the Friends in Fiction group has meant to them. I can't wait for you to hear from them directly later on in this podcast. But first, I want to talk to a really special guest, the amazing Meg Walker. There's so much about what Meg does and how she does it that you don't know, and I thought you'd all like to get to know her a little bit better. Hi, Meg. Hi. Why don't you tell everybody how you got to become a part of Friends in Fiction? Sure. Well, so my history is that I worked in-house at several publishing houses for many, many years, probably 17 plus years I was in-house. In 2008, I went out on my own and uh, started my own company. And just by chance, one of my first clients was Mary Kay Andrews. I was friends with Mary Kay's agent, and he contacted me to ask if I was interested in doing some freelance marketing for Mary Kay. And so I've been working with her ever since. She was literally our first client as we announced the formation of our company, Tandem Literary, in the beginning of 2009. So I don't know how many years is that. I'm really bad at math because I was an English major, but uh, <laughs> 12, Eleven, 12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, um, as, I'm as good. <laughs> so I've been working with Mary Kay and with Patty and on and off with Mary Alice for a long time. So that's how I came to the Friends in Fiction universe was through those women. I had never met Christy Woodson Harvey, I had spoken to her on the phone a couple of times and we'd exchanged emails and I had run promotions that she was a part of, but we didn't really know each other very well. And I didn't know Kristen at all, but I was with the ladies. I was working for Mary Kay and for Patty as they had these spring of 2020 books coming out and all the panic that ensued as far as their tours being canceled and how were they going to reach their readers? How were they going to sell 
books, how were bookstores going to survive, all the concerns that they've talked about so often on the show. And I said to Mary Kay one day, I said, oh, I just saw on Facebook today this group of authors did a Zoom together, and they did screen captures of it, and they put it up on Facebook. You should do that with your friends. You know, there's so many authors she's in regular touch with. And I thought, really, I wasn't thinking much beyond that. I said, just a picture of a Zoom with the, with you ladies talking to each other so that they know who you're friends with and that you're connected and they feel connected to you. And they literally got on that first Zoom and reinvented the wheel and like created a whole universe within the first two sessions. And, you know, I think the rest is kind of history. I mean, I, I was at first not really working for them in any sort of paid capacity. I was doing marketing for Mary Kay and for Patty, but I was watching this whole thing take off and I was backstage, so to speak, at all of the early shows, but I didn't have an official role really until July. July. So I love that you were there at the very, very beginning. That's excellent. But so now that you are more involved and more of a very important integral part, what is it that you do for them on a weekly basis? Well, so I, at first I did a proposal for them because as I as I sat and watched the whole thing unfold and how much work it was becoming for each of them, um, I we all thought there's got to be a way for for me or somebody to be able to take some of that work off their plates and to run some of the nitty gritty day to day stuff of the show because between the five of them um, writing their books and marketing their books and um, researching and everything else that they have to do, um, it, it was becoming too much. So, um, you know, initially I just said, here's the things I think from a management perspective need to be done. And I submitted a proposal and I, I think the answer came within five minutes that yes, <laughs> we sure need all of this help. So, <laughs> so yeah, it was funny. I didn't have a title for a while. And then we had this in-person summit, we called it, in November. Uh, we all went to Tybee Island and stayed at one of Mary Kay's beach houses. And it was the first time some of us actually met in person. And that's where we came up with the title for me, which we came up with Managing Director, which I thought sounded important. And it's very important. Almost like a like a joke. It was. It sounded so... <laughs> we didn't know what else to call it. I was like, we either come up with something funny and stupid, or we come up with something that sounds official and has some gravitas. So... I, su I suggested managing director. They're like, yeah, that's great. That sounds good. Um, nice. I don't know. I think if I, when I listen to other podcasts and I hear them roll the credits at the end, I think, oh, I do all, <laughs> I do all of that. And they just named 12 people. But um, so what I do is I, I help book the guests. So um, I think that the guests, when we decide on who we'd like to have on the show, it's, it, it happens in several ways. Um, either one of the, one of the fab five suggests somebody um, or I do, or someone comes and pitches somebody to us. Um, so all the guest relations comes down to me basically, you know, emailing, would you like to be on? This is the date we have open and sort of coordinating all that. Um, I, I manage the newsletter. So I write all that copy for the newsletter that we put out every Wednesday. Um, I manage the building that newsletter list. Um, I started up the Instagram page and I was doing all that posting for a little while until we got an intern to help with that. Um, but I'm highly involved with the day-to-day -day scheduling of, of the, of the regular posts that go up on a, on a regular basis on the Instagram feed. Um, what else? Oh, on the advertising 
executive of the group. So I'm the one who tries to go out and get sponsors for the show. And I, I interface with the folks at Mama Geraldine's and when we had page one books and uh, story point wines. And so I, there's contracts involved with that and, and um, money and payments and um, schedules and what we've agreed to do for them. And I have to make sure all that's actually happening. Um, I, I write the, the, the episode descriptions. I, I, you know, there's all, we, we host a meeting every Thursday morning that, uh, has gone as long as two hours plus sometimes, but we try to get, get it done in an hour <laughs> and we, we sort of hash through every last thing about how did last night's show go and what's on the horizon. And, um, a few months back we started up, uh, what I call committee structure because we had a situation where all five authors and I were all worrying about everything. And I thought, this can't, this isn't functioning properly. So we decided to divvy things up in a way that would be more equitable and so that everyone had a piece they could worry about. And then you just, you know, rely on your colleagues to handle their piece. And um, so that's been, that's been super helpful, I think. So, um, I mean, I still am basically the, the, the sponsor. I kind of oversee all of them and I ride hard on everybody to make sure they're doing their stuff. And, um, but you know, like for example, Patty's in charge of the podcast and, um, uh, the Facebook group and Mary Kay's in charge of Instagram and sponsors and Kristen's in charge of the parade column and the book club. Right. And Christy is our money lady and our merch lady, right. Uh, Mary Alice's website and, so and so on so it's just been um it's really a management role where it's a guest relations advertising social media oh i do some graphics too i graphic design yes you do yes you <laughs> a little do. bit of everything <laughs> i guess i'm a producer i don't know i i can't really say i have no tech wizardry knowledge at all we we, we rely 100 percent on autovita and sean and his team um for all of that and we're so grateful to have them um but I, I kind of have my hands in every bit of the rest of it, I'd say. You do. So I'd like to know, how many clones of yourself do you have at any one time in your home? <laughs> That's funny. I, I wish I did, and I wish I knew how to delegate better. And the only reason we have brought on, we have an assistant who helps with the newsletter and with you know, sort of um, administrative stuff, and we do have the intern. And the only reason we've brought them on is because the Fab Five came to me and said, you're you're gonna burn yourself out. You can't do all this. Here, get somebody to do this. Here, get somebody to do that. It's very hard for me to delegate. Um, and it's not because I don't think other people wouldn't know how to do it. It's just, you know how how yes. it is when you're working very hard and then you have to stop and think, like, or take the time to explain it and hand it off. I might as well just do it myself. And then you find right. yourself working these ridiculous twelve hour days. You know, basically seven days a week, and it's not healthy. So. Um, we are learning to delegate more and, um, and I have, you know, I, I have gotten some help, which is great. That is good. And delegating is so important and it's so hard to do though. I, I totally agree with you, but I, I, it has grown into such a phenomenon. I, were you surprised by that? Um, in a way, yes, but in a way, no. I mean, I think it was just the right thing at just the right time. So, and I, I know them all Well, I, I knew, a few of them so well before this, and I know them all very well now, but um, 
knowing them and um, the way that they approach their work and then the way they approach their colleagues and how kind-hearted and generous they are as, as human beings. Um, no, I think uh, I'm not surprised that people responded to it because um, they really are, um, it, it wasn't a selfish endeavor. And I think if it was a selfish endeavor, if it just was, let's get through the spring and figure out how to sell our own books and then wrap it up with a bow and, and consider it done. I don't think it would have resonated with everybody. And the, the, the mission was much more altruistic than that from the get go. They really were very concerned about independent bookstores. They really were concerned about other authors. Um, they were concerned about getting the word out about not so much the name brand authors. We've had lots of name brand authors on the show and they're friends with lots of name brand authors and they are name brand authors, <laughs> but, um, they're, you know, how does a debut novel make it in a shutdown world? And how does a mid list book that no one's ever really heard of become a breakout title? Um, and so they felt like they had a role to play in that. And, and so that I think is why it resonated, but, but to be perfectly honest, I think everybody was surprised at how quickly it took off and how fast it grew. And I mean, no, no one of us ever really could have predicted that we'd, you know, get 50,000 followers between Facebook right. and Instagram and that we'd have a spinoff group in this amazing book club with 7,000 of its own members. Um, you know, I, I, so yeah, I mean, in a way it is surprising, um, but it's been just uh, a whirlwind and baptism by fire. And um, I think what has made it so great is that everybody works very hard and um, right. they're in it for the right reasons. Yeah. The word that comes to mind for me is just authentic. Um, in my library life, I've known Mary Kay and Mary Alice for many, many years and and they are exactly, and gotten to know Patty and the others, Christy and Kristen, they're all just so authentic. They just, they really are in it for the right reasons. They really are. I think, you know, what you see is what you get. And it, none of that is yeah. put on. It's not like, you know, they decided to get on this show and this one's the funny one and that one's the sweet one and this one's the deep one. Or like, it, it's not, it's not, a, they're not role playing and it's not fake. Um, it, they really are very good friends with one another. They would do anything for each other. Um, and I think it, all of that authenticity, like you said, really shines through on the show. That's so true. Another thing that really stood out for me is how early and how quickly the fans showed up and how they uh, bonded with each other and with the authors. Um, can you talk about that relationship a little? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, it just goes back to what a weird isolated time we were living in. And it was this kind of fellowship and community uh, that came out of this group uh, and the show uh, was something that people were really thirsty for out there. Hold on. Should I not use the word thirsty? <laughs> I feel like that word's ruined now. <laughs> <laughs> it is ruined. <laughs> okay. I want to say hungry. Hang on. <laughs> but we can leave that in. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I just think people were dying for that kind of uh, a way to bond and connect with other people. Everyone was so shut up in their houses and there was there were no events to go to. Everyone was reading, which is great. And it's great for the publishing 
industry as a whole. And it's great for literacy and just humanity that everyone is reading books so much. But, um, you know, the part of the joy of, of reading a book is talking to other people about it and connecting with right. other people. And I think this um, community really gave people an outlet and a way to connect with like-minded people. Um, and it's funny, it's all the things you're parents always told you not to do or that us as parents tell our kids not to don't make <laughs> friends with strangers on the internet but right, like, right, right. that's all we did over the past year <laughs> and i it's that's been really so nice true. to see how authentic some of these um bonds are and to see uh, i mean the rise of the book club itself is a perfect example of that and and that there were fans of the show willing to come forward and give of their own time to um make you know, a, like a spinoff community of their own and, and to watch these folks who don't know each other in person um, get to know each other really well online. And then I've had the pleasure a couple of times already now at um, in-person book events with Patty and um, with Mary Kay and, and on the Beaufort trip of seeing some of them meet each other for the first yes. time. And um, it's remarkable because out here, in the ether, when you see their names, you think of them as friends with each other or they know each other. <laughs> then you see them in person and it's like, no, we're all virtual strangers meeting for the first time. And it's, it's just been, that part's been really um, amazing and fulfilling and just completely lovely. It is true. I'm always struck by how kind everybody is and supportive of each other, even though they don't know each other. My, one of my favorite stories is how uh, Brenda and Lisa, the leaders of the the book, uh, the book club had never met in person until an event with Christy. And that's like such a great story. Great story. Really. I mean, those two are so special and they bring so much to, um, to the whole friends and fiction world. We're so grateful to them. They do. I agree. So let's talk about Beaufort. Um, how did that event all come together? Cause as far as I know, it's the first live event with friends and fiction. Yeah. So, well, there's been talk of doing, you know, Friends in Fiction Live and the five authors together on the road. And, you know, there's a lot of venues that have reached out and said that they would love to host them. You know, and could you come here and could you come there and we could really draw a crowd. It just didn't, the time wasn't right yet to have all five of them in one place. Um, Kristen had a, a tour coming, you know, she has a five-year-old at home and she had a book tour coming right after. But the opportunity for the Beaufort Thing came up because it's Christy Woodson Harvey's hometown and right. she's deeply involved with the historical society there and the, um, the tour of homes. And she always does book events every year at this time. It's like sort of, it takes place over a stretch of days into a weekend. And um, I know she's had Patty come and she's had Mary Alice come. I don't know if Mary Kay did that, did any of the Beaufort events in the I past, but so. um she's Christy brought it up and said, what, what if we tried to get all of us there? And what if we tried to, if we can't get all of us, at least get some of us and try to pull off, you know, a, a sort of a friends and fiction live type thing. And it just, everybody said yes, who could, and we made it happen. Um, Christy made it happen. Cause she's amazing. Um, she is amazing. She's a dynamo. I mean, she lives there and she knew hotel rooms would be hard to come by. Um, so she, talked to her friends and neighbors and was able to find a couple houses for several of us to stay in and um, 
it just all came together. It was um, just an incredible trip. Um, you know, to it was, I think, a doubleheader one day, right? To, I don't know. I think there were five yeah, events yeah, over the course was. of two days. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. It was a ton. And um, I, I just was awestruck by the response of people. I think the tickets sold out in record time. And it was just like they were so excited to be there. Yeah, it was it was super nice to see. And I had a little bit of a preview of that because um, I had done a, a, a luncheon event with Mary Kay and Patty um, on Pauly's Island, South Carolina, with Litchfield Books um, in May. And it was a packed house of, you know, more than 200 people, I think. And um, wow, sold out. And there were a lot of Friends and Fiction fans there. And I went on the road with Mary Kay for a couple weeks in May. And I got the sense that every single event I was at with her, there were friends and fiction fans there. And I think more attendees than you would maybe have seen at some of these events prior to the launch of Friends and Fiction. So I had a little taste of what the fandom was like and that these folks, our people, were actually going to start showing up in the flesh in real life. And so when we got to Beaufort, it was that realized on a grand scale. It was great. And also a lot of people I talked to actually came from very far away. They were, they just weren't going to miss this. And they were meeting up with other friends and fiction fans that they hadn't met before other than online. So it was just a highlight. What were some of the highlights for you of the events? Well, I have to say I loved flat Kristen. <laughs> so Kristen, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Kristen yes. Harmel couldn't make it as we discussed, but Patty had a cardboard cut out, like a fathead thing made of Kristen. And um, we brought her everywhere with us and she was in all the pictures. And so that became a running gag the whole time. And um, I loved when Mary Alice very sort of unexpectedly hit the bestseller list with her middle grade book, The Islanders, at number two, while we were all together. Yes. And that became a big celebration with all the people who were in attendance and champagne. And so that was super fun. And um, I liked the spontaneity of the, there was a Friends in Fiction live event at the Coral Bay Club the one evening, and um, they played a little storytelling game with Dove Chocolates and Dove Promises, and I thought that was super fun and uh, off the cuff and kind of indicative of the show because you sort of never know what's going to happen, and it was, we were watching it unspool in in real time. We were, my goodness, that when Mary Alice got the number two, I think I was sitting right next to you and you went, oh, what? <laughs> and we ran over. It was so, so exciting. It's yeah. Kind of so a- it's a Wednesday night. And for those of us in the publishing industry, the New York Times bestseller list comes on Wednesdays at 5 p.m. So there's always this, the Wednesday, you know, anticipation when the list comes. And so I opened it, I was looking at it on my phone and the first couple pages are the adult list hardcover, fiction and nonfiction, paperback, fiction and nonfiction, combined print and ebook, fiction and nonfiction. And I usually stop scrolling there because I don't really work on any children's books. So I didn't even think to look. And then I thought, oh, wait a minute. Mary Alice came over and said, my phone is blowing up. Can you look at the list? And I thought, oh, bing, light bulb. I forgot to look to scroll further down. And Ron and I were sitting together and I was like, number two, number two, oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, it was fun. That was a kind of unforgettable moment for sure. It totally was. Yeah, I loved how just the four of them that were on stage, though, really 
just showed us who they really are. They, you think that you know one, they're one way on Facebook and live they wouldn't be. They were exactly the same. They were funny. You could tell that they cared so much about each other. What's next for the group? Well, we're going to do some more events. So I think they're doing an event with the Nantucket Book Festival. That's virtual this year. They hope to eventually someday to do festivals like that in person, all five of them. So that event is on Tuesday, July 20th, a virtual event with all five of them hosted by Nantucket Book Partners. So I think with two weeks to go, they've already gotten 400 people signed up to attend that, which is amazing. It's incredible. Yeah, we were given a very lofty goal of 750 attendees. So let's, uh, I hope more people sign up and come. It's going to be super fun. The ladies have very graciously agreed to write an original story that they're sort of relay writing, each taking a piece, handing it off, finishing the story, like that they're all contributing to, and they're going to read it live on the air. And there's going to be sort of a game show element to it. And then I think eventually, as far as what's coming on the horizon, I think they would love to do a mini tour of sorts and do some live in-person events, you know, around the country. And as far as, I mean, we're just going to keep growing the Facebook group and growing the Instagram feed and growing our newsletter following and hopefully providing people with content that they want and that they love and that they react to and respond to. That's yes. I agree with all of that. Well, Meg, I personally can't thank you enough for anything you do to support me as being part of the team. And I know that everybody on that team appreciates you more than you probably know. And even the fans out there just love all of the things that you help provide for them. So I just, you're just amazing. Just amazing. Oh, thank you, Ron. It's a big love fest. The feeling is mutual. It's true. It's true. It is a big love fest. It really (laughs) is. Thanks so much. And everybody, I hope that you have enjoyed this special episode and that you will tune in every week to Friends and Fiction Writers Block Podcast. And we've got a lot of surprises coming for you. So stay tuned, share and favorite and subscribe. Wasn't that terrific? Meg amazes me every time I talk to her, and I totally want to be her when I grow up. She's accomplished so much, and she's become a good friend and trusted leader. But now it's time for us to hear from some of our Friends in Fiction Beaufort fans. I know you're going to enjoy this. Once again, we have a gigantic super fan here. Tell us your name and where you're from. My name is Taylor Lentz. I live in Cleveland, Ohio with Ron. And he's the only reason. When did you first learn about Friends in Fiction? Well, I've been a huge fan of these authors for years, and I'm so spoiled by our library back home. Um, And when the pandemic hit and the full calendar of events that we had was canceled, I couldn't imagine a year without them. And little did I don't know how to get to go. I can't go a week without them. That's awesome. Do you have any favorite moments that you can share with people? I know there's a lot, but is there just a couple? You know, I love the bloopers and I love that it, they keep it so lighthearted and so fun and they laugh at themselves. And Patty was talking about the snort today. Um, and which, which one was that? That was Christie's launch event, right? I think so. That was, that's hysterical. So talk about authors that you may have discovered watching that you now love. Well, I love all the old favorites that I get to hear who I haven't gotten to meet before, but I think the new one would be uh, Wade Rouse, Viola Shipman, his fantastic books. I went through those super quickly after his event. Excellent. Um, what, 
Can you tell a little bit more about what Friends in Fiction has meant to you during the pandemic? Um, well, books are everything, of course, and um, but reading them is is only half the fun. I, I found that you know book people are the best people, and when we were locked up in our homes and we couldn't see them in any way, uh, Friends in Fiction came along and we weren't without our book people anymore. We've got a whole new circle of friends and they don't live in our neighborhoods, but we get to connect over books more than we ever did in the past. That's excellent. Thank you so much. And keep tuning in to Friends in Fiction. Welcome to the Friends in Fiction event. Can you tell us your name and where you're from? My name is Robin Klein and I'm from Mawa, New Jersey. Awesome. Um, can you tell us when you first heard and got involved with the Friends in Fiction group? It would have to be over a year ago. Um, I was on Facebook, and when I saw um, who the authors were, I was familiar with Mary Alice Monroe and Mary Kay Andrews, and I thought it would be a wonderful way to kind of entertain myself during the pandemic. Wonderful. Now, do you have any favorite moments from watching them for almost a year? My favorite, I love the humor and I love the way that they, when something goes wrong, they just roll with it. But I especially love all the wonderful authors that we've heard. Um, my favorite would have to be Jodi um, Picot when she was on, um, because I had seen, I had seen something on the Cuyahoga Library and it was just wonderful to see her. Um, she had been with um, Lisa Johnson, Nancy Johnson, excuse me. Nancy Johnson, who we'd adore. Um, okay, so what has the Friends in Fiction group meant to you through the pandemic? It's given me a focus um, and finding a joy in reading again, because even though I knew a few of the authors in the beginning, there are so many new books and authors that I had no idea about, as attested to by the three or four books at home, by bags of books at home that I want to read right now that I've purchased. And it also taught me the importance of independent bookstores, um, because I really hadn't thought that much about it. And now when I make purchases, I try to get it from indies when I can. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for being at the event tonight. I hope you have a great time. You're welcome, and it was a pleasure, Ron. Thank you. I'm here with two super fans of Friends in Fiction, and I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves. I am Linda Grigsby from Bethany Beach, Delaware. And I'm Sheila Bauer, also from Bethany Beach, Delaware. Wonderful. So when did you first learn about Friends in Fiction? Um, last spring, I was quote unquote stuck in Bethany Beach, Delaware, because I, at the time I was also living in Phoenix, Arizona, and I was alone. And I stumbled upon the, the Friends in Fiction notice saying that they were going to start this thing. And so I invited Linda over and we watched it. It was the first one. And Mary Alice, no, Mary Kay was in her pajamas and it was wonderful. I have nothing more to add. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so what are some of your favorite moments from the fa Friends in Fiction Facebook Lives? I know I can say I love the interaction that they have with each other. We were just talking about this in the car. We were saying that they, they're, they're such real people and they don't take themselves so seriously. Like... You know, they're, they're not that intense all the time. They, they make fun of each other. They make fun of themselves. They laugh. 
but yet they're great writers and they do the research and they put out such good books. So there's not maybe not one specific thing I like. I just like everything about it. And I love um, over the over the months. I've really enjoyed the new authors when they bring in the new authors and they interview them. Um, they've made. When I, when I get to meet them, I feel like, oh, I know them and I should read their book because they're my friend. <laughs> so I love that part. Is there any um, of the new authors that have become a favorite? Absolutely. For me, it's um, Kristen Harmel, and she's not here tonight, and I'm sad, but she's an amazing, amazing writer. But honestly, I love them all, so it's hard to say. Last one quick. What has Friends in Fiction meant to you through the pandemic? Well, it was something that um, we could go, something that we could go to on Wednesday nights. They actually became our kind of freaky friends. It's kind of weird to say that, but yeah. Yeah, we brought them into our living room and, and we, we laughed with them. We cried with them. We learned from them. So it was amazing. Super amazing. It's so wonderful to talk to you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Welcome once again to the Friends in Fiction Live event. Please tell us your name and where you're from. Claire Plaxton, and I'm from Wake Forest, North Carolina. Awesome. And when did you first learn about Friends in Fiction? I first learned about it from my good friend, Barbara Wojcik, who had seen the first episode. And she told me about it, saying, you have to watch. It's great. And so I joined in right after that, which is probably the second episode. Awesome. Um, do you have any favorite moments that you've seen on the uh, Facebook Live events? Ooh, that's a tricky question because it, um, all of it has been a favorite moment. It has been so nice. I feel as if they're my best friends because we were home not seeing anyone except for them on Wednesdays. Um, I love that I could meet authors, find out about authors while I was at home on the couch. Um, favorite episodes, I would say Etaf Rum. I really enjoyed that episode. William Kent Kruger. Neither of those authors I'd heard of before. Um, it's been a great way to introduce me to new authors. So um, I enjoy every episode. That's awesome. And that's a lot of people share the same sentiment. It's awesome. So what has Friends in Fiction meant to you personally through the pandemic? Well, um, I touched on that a little bit already, but while we were, the world stopped and we were home, it was nice to have that connection. It was nice to have a group where we feel as if there are BFFs. We sit down, we listen to them chat. We chat too, but kind of in a different way in the chat. Um, but it was nice to have a connection to some routine. And um, we were home reading more for that escapism because we couldn't go anywhere. So it was great. That's great. Was there any uh, favorite moments from tonight's live event? All of it. Perfect answer. Perfect answer. Thank you so much. You're I really appreciate welcome. it. Thank you. Yes. I'm here once again with a true super fan and OG of Friends in Fiction fan club. Tell us who you are and where you're from. My name is Dallas Strawn. I'm from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Awesome. When did you first learn about the Friends in Fiction 
Well, Friends in Fiction, I was there the very first night when we were still on Mary Kay Andrews' Facebook page because I'm a huge fan of Mary Kay and Mary Alice and, and Christy. I've loved them, and Patty, of course. I've loved them for years and years. I was new to Kristen, and I immediately fell in love with her books as well. Any favorite moments from the Facebook Live events? Oh my God, there's way too many. But I love the Chris and Hannah episode because it's priceless. I'm never going to forget it as long as I live. And it's just too funny. But of course, when I was there for Christie's launch event for Under the Southern Sky, I love that. Okay, are there any new authors that you discovered uh, listening to them that you now love? Oh my God, that's a great question. But I loved reading Etoff Room's book, A Woman Is No Man. I loved that, that I had not read before Friends and Fiction. And Gervais Haggerty, who's going to be on Friends and Fiction next month. I've read an advanced reader's copy of her new book, In Polite Company, that comes out at the end of August. It is phenomenal, and she is going to be a great new author. Her writing is lovely. Her book is set in Charleston, and she's going to fill that void for fans of Dottie Frank, I believe. Okay. What has Friends and Fiction meant to you through the pandemic? Everything. That's a terrible question, Ron. That's a terrible question. Because it means everything. It, it has been the center point of my life on Wednesdays. It has. That, that, it has been. Well, that totally says it all. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love hearing such enthusiasm and joy from these people. It's certainly a two-way admiration society. We want to end the year, though, by thanking all the listeners, the guests, the supporters, and most importantly, the readers. What a fantastic community everyone has built and friendships have been born. Of course, we couldn't end this without a huge celebratory shout out to the ones who started it all. Mary Kay Andrews, Patty Callahan Henry, Kristen Harmel, Christy Woodson Harvey, and our founder emeritus, Mary Alice Monroe. My own personal huge thanks to them for giving this this opportunity to connect with so many of you. We hope you've enjoyed our episodes this year and that you'll join us in looking forward to the bright and shiny 2022 yet to come. Thank you all. And as always, please share the podcast with a friend. Happy New Year. Thank you for tuning in to Friends and Fiction Writers Block Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. Tune in every Friday for another episode. And you can also join us every week on Facebook or YouTube, where you can see our live Friends in Fiction show that airs at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are so glad you're here. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.